0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford sitting next to my partner in crime, Wes Hodkiewicz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. West. we're another day closer to Sunday night football at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Packers against the Chiefs in a big Week 8 showdown. And as we stand right now, we're taping this episode on Thursday morning before the Packers hit the practice field on Thursday, before the Chiefs hit the practice field on Thursday. There's a lot of uncertainty with what's going on with injuries to some key players here. Patrick Mahomes, the MVP quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, he actually was listed as a limited participant in the Chiefs Wednesday practice. He made some throws. He was involved a little bit in practice. They're leaving the door open that he could potentially play on Sunday night. And on the Packers side of things, Devontae Adams went through stretching and warmups with the team for the first time since his turf toe injury. Now, he did not ultimately participate in practice, but just wondering maybe what kind of a sign this is. Does this mean the door is open for Devontae Adams to play on Sunday night? A lot of uncertainty, but what do you make of it right now?
1: Well, I will say this. The door is definitely there for Devontae Adams because last week Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Geronimo Allison didn't practice at all. And then there they were on Sunday playing a 54 combined snaps True enough. in that matchup. So I wouldn't discount anything at this juncture uh, in terms of Adams. Now, there's a lot of things they have to weigh out. Much like with Allison and Valdez-Scantling, I'm guessing it is something on Sunday morning they'll take a look at and they'll see exactly where he's at and if he could potentially go. The, the thing that's interesting about the Mahomes thing, I tackled this in Insider Inbox a little bit on Thursday morning. This one's peculiar to me uh, on a number of different levels. If this would if they be playing the New England Patriots, I totally get the gamesmanship. I totally understand the you know what you're trying to do. Right. Is there There's, some kind
0: of subterfuge or gamesmanship right. going on here? I think that's what a lot of people are wondering. Yeah, and
1: I and I, my thought is if there is, I don't see why what it what's the value in it. If there isn't, I don't see what's the value in pushing out a quarterback that just had a dislocated knee that's your franchise that's going to be up for a contract extension soon for the sake of of wanting to push it, you know, in nine days or whatever it would be, you know, removed from that injury, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I'm not going to coach their team, though. I'm not going to, you know, look at this situation and try to act like I know what's going on. If they feel like he's healthy enough to go out there and throw passes, certainly the reports were that there was no ligament damage, you know, so, so kudos to them for that. But man, there's a big thing in play here for the Kansas City Chiefs. They are looking at Super Bowl. There's a chance that this wouldn't just be the only matchup between the Packers and Chiefs. So, I I just I, I look at the long game here, and Matt Moore looked okay last week, and if you feel like he can guide the offense and give you a chance to win, I don't see the reason you'd push Mahomes early other than this week you just want to create a little bit more chaos in the mind of the Packers.
0: Yeah, and I wonder if that, that may be what's going on here, but at the same time, if you're a Packers fan, I think you look at this as, hey, if Patrick Mahomes is maybe going to be back sooner than later, but if it's not this Sunday, right. does that mean – he might be on the field the following Sunday when the Chiefs are playing the Vikings. So there's a lot, you know, a lot of uh, um, ramifications here going on with this. With regards to Adams and the Packers, though, here's here's a question for you. Now, obviously, as I say, the Packers haven't hit the practice field on Thursday. They also have another practice on Friday. Adams has been out for multiple weeks. It's not quite the same situation as MVS and right. Allison who basically just missed one week of practice, they got him ready to go, and they played on Sunday. Matt LaFleur said on Wednesday after practice that the decision on Adams could go all the way up to game time. What I'm wondering is, with missing multiple weeks, if Adams doesn't practice at all this week, would he really be ready to get out there and play? Or when a guy has been out for a stretch of time, does he need to at least see some practice reps? I'm not sure, and this is Matt LaFleur, he's a first-time head coach, We always could get a feel for things with Mike McCarthy a little bit in these instances. We really don't know how Lafleur is going to handle this. So that's just another another, uh, element of the uncertainty as the week goes along. The
1: answer to your question is whether or not Adams can, one, get out of his stance explosively, and if he can get out of his breaks. Uh, So you don't necessarily need to be in an in-game setting to know that. If you can actually simulate that in practice or in a a rehab or a walkthrough with some of the trainers to get a feel for that that's going to be a Devontae Adams decision. That's going to be him knowing his body. Because if you remember, Mike, from the very first interview he did about this, he wants to come back when he's fully healed, when he knows he can help the football team. The Green Bay Packers are 3-0 and without Devontae Adams. Do they win those three games more decisively with him? Sure. <laughs> but they still, the, the ends justify the means, and I think he understands that they need him for the long run here. So if it needs to take another week, you'd be smart with it. But I'll tell you what, if he can go out there and he feels like he's Devontae Adams and can do what he needs to do, that's going to be, I think, really the biggest test for him. Him at least being able to go out and do the stretching, because we've seen it in practice the last few weeks, he's done little more than just walking around mm-hmm. to at least make that advancement, I think bodes well that if even if it isn't this Sunday night, Devontae Adams is getting closer to that return to the field.
0: Yeah, well, elsewhere on the injury report for the Packers, uh, safety Darnell Savage, the rookie first-round pick out of Maryland, he was back on the practice field for the first time since his ankle injury from the Dallas game. Now, the Packers had a very light workout on Wednesday. They were not in helmets, not in pads. Right. It was pretty much a walk-through speed type of practice. They did some drills, uh, position drills, that were a little closer to full speed, but then the bulk of the other work was walk through in terms of installing the game plan savage was listed as a full participant i guess we'll see what happens on thursday assuming they're putting pads on for a more full speed practice later today but this is an interesting development here because uh um, we've seen some issues obviously with the big plays being allowed by the packers defense and i'm one who maintains it's never just one person right you know guys on defense have to have to do their jobs and you have to make it work but if you get Savage back that could change the look of things here on the defensive side of the ball. The
1: one position that's been hit hardest with injuries to this point of the season 7 weeks in is safety. You already lost you know Raven Green who was the primary backup to both of those guys and right. had a really big role as that hybrid linebacker. So he's out of the equation. Then you lose Savage right when he's you know looks like he's really coming on, yeah. flying all over the field making plays, you know deflecting passes, hitting hard. Uh, he seemed to really be building that rapport with Adrian Amos back there, you know, as that one-two punch. And then he goes out of the equation. I think Will Redmond has really stepped up, but there was even some domino effects with how they've been able to utilize Amos without Green and without Savage. So if you can get him back in the fold, I think that goes a long way for how this defense defends the middle of the field. And this is going to be interesting. Again, we're going to have to see how Thursday's padded work, what it looks like, and and how this team is going to, you know, who's going to be available and who isn't when you get into that type of practice. But the fact that, you know, the walkthrough was what it was, but they did individual periods. The fact that he was out there and he was able to do all of it, it at the very least tells you that they feel comfortable that the ankle can handle that type of exercise, that type of work. And, you know, they'll be smart with it and hopefully get them back in the fold here on Sunday night.
0: Yeah. And another guy who has returned to practice for the Packers, a young tight end, Robert Tanyan. He's missed the last couple of games with a hip injury. He injured the hip in the Dallas game, same game that uh, Darnell Savage got hurt. And we've seen, obviously, the production from the tight ends over the last couple games. They've been worked in. To everything that's going on on offense, certainly with Adams being out, you get Robert Tanyan back in the mix here with what Jimmy Graham has been doing lately and Mercedes Lewis. Lewis had kind of a quiet game against the Raiders, but we know what he did against the Detroit Lions in the Monday night game you start to round out that position group a little bit, and and just as much as that position has been involved in what's going on here, it could really get interesting if the group as a whole is back to full strength.
1: Well, Tanyan's the hybrid, right? I mean, he's the cross between your Graham and your your Lewis, Uh, and learning from both of those guys. It was a story I wrote during training camp. He wants to be the pass catcher that Graham is. He wants to be the blocker that Lewis is. Those are the goals. Those are the perfection that he's trying to attain. And for him to continually improve – over the last two and a half years now with Green Bay, I think really speaks to him and his maturity level and understanding where he needs to get to as a former receiver at that position. Robert Tanyan made a phenomenal catch and going back to I believe it was the Dallas game if I remember that yeah, right. Yeah, it was
0: that sideline play, kind of a an off schedule, busted yeah. play, and uh, and he turns his route up the sideline, uh, you know, an on-the-fly adjustment, and Rodgers throws it out there and uh, and he leaps and not only makes the grab but then gets both feet in bounds. I think it was the play that he heard his Hip on the basically yeah. the way he landed, he tried to gut it out and and play some more snaps. But then at the end of that drive, when um, he was throwing a block, when uh, the Packers were getting close to the end zone there, that ended up being his last play. He had to, he was limping and he came out kind of holding that hip. Yeah,
1: and I mean, and to be honest with you, I didn't get the the big. You know, brunt of the Jermichael Finley era, I got kind of the end of it in terms of the time I covered this team, and the end was very up and down with what you were getting from him week to week. But I think with this particular group, what I like about it is you're seeing it probably as the deepest group the Packers have had here, at least during my time, and you know, covering this locker room, in that. Mercedes Lewis looks much more comfortable in this offense. We'll talk about it in a second, but Jimmy Graham the way that he stepped up in that ball game, you know, kind of a little bit of a a, a must need must have type performance from him, mm-hmm. especially in some critical off-schedule plays. And then you have Jay Sternberger now who's coming off of injured reserve here being one of the two that they've designated to return. So That's right. With that group there's a lot of potential in it in in every single one of those guys if even when you throw if you want to throw Evan Bayless in there they all bring something different to the party so it's going to be interesting here if you can get Tanya back get back into more of your two tight end sets because one thing we really haven't seen during Tanya's injury Packers don't play Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis on the field together hardly at all like They when, like they script their stuff differently for them. Tanya will play with both of them, Yeah, but it's very rarely the two veterans together. So uh, this is going to be something that I think if you get Tanya back in the fold and you get Sternberger maybe being able to contribute down the line here, that could be a position group that the Packers really lean on in the second half of the season.
0: Yeah, well, where do you think things are with Jimmy Graham? Because Aaron Rodgers, very effusive in his praise of the game that Graham had against the Raiders this past weekend— in some of the games leading up to that there was production from Graham but also some missed opportunities sure. that he'd be the first one to to wish that he had him back obviously. Do you think what we saw against the Oakland Raiders four catches for 65 yards plus a touchdown. Do you think what we saw is the beginning of something here with Jimmy Graham moving forward? Is this is, is uh um is, is this the kind of game that gets a veteran who maybe hasn't produced the way he's wa- the way he would have wanted to through his first season and a half in green bay is this the kind of game and and the kind of vote of confidence from the quarterback that gets the guy going
1: i think so i really do because the thing is and i've said this to you before They don't need Jimmy Graham to be 2011 Jimmy Graham. That isn't why he's here. Uh, They don't need Aaron Rodgers. You know, I mean, everybody evolves and everybody adapts in terms of what they were years ago to what they are today. And Graham plays a position that has had a lot of success into the 30s. Look at Mercedes Lewis, still doing it in year 13 now. Um, But they all do it in their own ways, right? I thought that this game was a perfect. Uh, you know, symbol of what Graham can bring to this offense when they don't have Devontae Adams, when they have to spread the ball around. Because as Rogers said, and I believe it was to your question, Mike, there was only one of those catches that he had where the play was really strictly designed for him. Everything else sort of came on on feel, on instinct, and being able to just play the drive out, play the you know the the series out. And he had some critical moments in that football game. Yeah. The tight end position. I one thing I really liked when Graham spoke to the media on Wednesday night, that he said is that you know his opportunities will come. And basically paraphrasing him somewhat, it's the nature of his position. I'm a tight end. Tight ends just don't very very rarely have those ten catch eighty yard days that like Devonte Adams had. They're more economical. There's going to be days where a tight end has a good game, but he only catches two passes for 20 yards if he's doing all the other things that are required of him as a blocker, underneath, being able to be an outlet for the quarterback. Graham had some of those opportunities, as you mentioned, and and unfortunately some of them couldn't be converted. But where he's at right now, I think that this game could be a big boost of confidence. Not that he necessarily needed it, but just a reminder to everyone that, okay, this is why the Packers signed him, and this is what the element and dimension he can bring to this offense. Because, Mike, you know, as much has been made about Graham and the decision to bring him back, you're not going to find good tight end talent available every year in free agency. And yeah. we've talked at nauseam about how difficult it is to draft a guy right away and have him play right away at that position. It's difficult. So I just think the the resurgence that you've seen from Lewis and in some of these plays that Graham has made, you know, it's his third touchdown already this season. That gives, I think it should give Packer fans hope that, okay, this is a unit that when you turn to it, much like it did against Chicago in week one, it can produce for you, and it can be an outlet for Aaron Rodgers when he needs it to be.
0: Well, Jimmy Graham certainly has two big believers in his corner, in Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers, and I think he's going to continue to be involved in this offense. And if uh, and if he and if he can continue to cash in on those opportunities that come his way, this Packers offense is going to be better for it. One other topic I want to get to today, Wes. Before we go, I mentioned earlier in the show the Packers had a very light workout on Wednesday. Yeah. They really just put on shorts and helmets or sweats and hel- I mean sorry shorts and jerseys or sweats and jerseys they did not even have their helmets on very unusual kind of a wednesday practice especially coming off of a sunday noon game right. and and practice was even pushed back a couple of hours later in the afternoon on wednesday from what has been the norm so far but i was thinking about this when i was at practice when the media was allowed to be at the early portion of practice yesterday and then even when I was driving into work this morning that you know we saw through through OTAs through training camp now through the regular season the times that Matt LaFleur has really backed off physically on the practice demands on the players and there's a couple of things I think that uh, are worth pointing out here one he's shown so far that he's confident in the players that If they mentally get the game plan down and they are locked in mentally on what's going on in the game plan, he doesn't need to necessarily see all the physical reps during the week in practice to be confident in what they're taking into the game on Sunday. So that's one. The other is that when I think about how this season has gone for the Packers, you know, seven games, you're six and one. I would argue that five of the seven games so far this year, the Packers have clearly, without question, been the better team in the fourth quarter of five of the seven games. The two I would say they haven't been were Philadelphia and Dallas. They weren't able to pull it out against Philadelphia, and it worked out in Dallas because they built a 31-3 lead and they were able to hang on even though the Cowboys were getting the better of it in the fourth quarter. But when you're the better team five out of seven weeks in the fourth quarter, that's going to lead to a lot of wins. And I'm just starting to wonder if, you know, all of this is is part of the bigger picture. We've, We've seen the back off physically in practice. We've seen the Packers be the better team in the fourth quarter. Hey, there are a million ways to get this done as a head coach in the NFL. Guys, over decades, have done it all kinds of different ways and won games and won playoff games and won Super Bowls. This is this is an interesting approach that Matt Lafleur is taking, and so far, you can't argue with the results. Well,
1: you certainly can't argue with that. Absolutely, I mean, six and one is six and one. However, you get to it. Yeah. But what I like about this one, I think you make a great point that when you look at how fresh the Packers have been in some of these fourth quarter situations and how they've been able to close out games. You do wonder about the preparation aspect of it. And you wonder about the conditioning aspect. And certainly, both of those have been on point. The other thing I've wondered too, and it wasn't totally applicable to the Thursday night week, but it's definitely applicable to a week <coughs> like tonight. Excuse me. Or, uh, you know, a process like this week is that you have the Wednesday practice. And if you get the mental side of this thing down, if you get the game plan, you get a good grasp for that maximizing not only that time for guys to get their bodies back because as we've seen the Packers injury report is still pretty big but to have them ready for that Thursday padded work if you can maximize that actual those padded sessions by maybe you know taking off the gas a little bit on Wednesdays is there an intrinsic benefit to that as well because there's so many times where i mean Mike McCarthy would talk about all the time like Thursday that's your work day that's where you you know you really get a feel for your football team where things are at and how they're going to play. What I like about Lafleur's theory here is that there's a lot of emphasis on the classroom. You know they have the crick over here where they can go through stuff and yeah. you know see it on the screen. Their
0: walkthrough area and and a, and a video area. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So if you have and you check all those boxes and maybe you don't have as many reps, you know, in those non-contact Wednesday practices, the traditional sense. Does it allow you to maximize not only your performance on Thursday or your performance a Sunday? I think that's something you have to track the whole season. But if this season goes the direction the Packers are hoping it will now, five games above five hundred, you start to wonder if they really did, you know, find something.
0: Well, it's interesting because you and I both work with a couple of gentlemen, Larry McCarron and John Kuhn, I'm talking about who every time something like this happens, whether it was a day that uh, Matt LaFleur backed off in training camp, maybe they didn't go in pads, but got in another, you know, shorter non-padded work or a day like yesterday with no helmets on a Wednesday practice and kind of a walkthrough thing. Those guys will sit there and laugh and say, man, if they were doing this, you know, I'd still be playing, you know, but it's just, it's, it's interesting because because the culture and the science and the research and everything behind how these coaches particularly younger coaches now in the NFL are doing this it's it's changing. It's a very it's a very different environment in terms of in terms of the way coaches feel is the best way to prepare their team both physically and mentally. To get ready to play on Sunday, and and I'll I'll say this too. I mean, Mike McCarthy back before the the CBA change of 2011, Mike McCarthy was one of the coaches through 2008, 9, 10. He was one of those who was backing off on the two a days in training right. camp. He was only doing two a days, you know, maybe two days a week, and then eventually backed off. Even I think even before the entire change with the CBA, he might have been doing one two a day a week, if that. So. This is, a, this is an evolution, a process that's been, uh, that, that's been going on for a while now, and it just still, though, continues to change now that we're seeing how things are going during the season right. as well as uh, what's changed in the summers in training camp.
1: And there's two things that all this is predicated on, right? Two P words, preparation and professionalism. And, you know, to single out a guy like Brian Balaga, for example, Balaga's taken probably as few of reps as he's taken in practices his entire career right now. Yeah, yeah. But it works for them because of his preparation, his professionalism. A lot of the reasons why the Packers can get away with this type of stuff is that, you know, for many of these guys, probably, honestly, Mike, everybody that's been on this roster since April, they've built up that equity. They put in the hours in the weight room. They put in the hours in the training room and in recovery and doing everything to maximize their body. Look at Blake Martinez. Remember in April when we we're talking about him, you know, shedding seven pounds of fat and adding fifteen pounds of muscle and all this stuff. Right. When you are in that good of physical condition, just naturally, independent of the game of football. It allows you to be ready for Sundays, which allows you to back off of some of the physical stuff that you have to do back in the Larry McCarron days <laughs> to prepare your body physically for that. I mean, a lot of times when you talk about the six-game preseasons and you know and how long training camps would be, well, that'd be because they had to get guys back into physical shape, not just football shape. Uh, so yeah, seeing the evolution of this thing, well past just the sh- you know salt tablets to Gatorade and things like that. I mean, yeah, the overall uh, there there's a lot that we know that we didn't once know. But there's also the aspect of it that these guys take care of their business and handle their business. And one of the benefits of that is that, okay, maybe on a Wednesday you don't have to push yourself as physically hard as you traditionally would because you know you've kind of already have that hay in the barn.
0: Yeah. Well, and let's be honest here. The 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 get real moment in all of this is that the players have rewarded right. uh, uh, Matt LaFleur for his approach. Yeah because they've gotten the results on Sunday. And that's ultimately the bottom line here, because it's it's about wins and losses, and Matt LeFleur is comfortable with how he's doing things because he's seeing the response and the results that he wants to in the games. And I
1: think that's a big part of it, because, yeah, if you're 1-6 and, and you're not practicing on a Wednesday, then people start to ask questions. Right, exactly. But, you know, when, when you've had the results that the Packers have had here and they've won these – I think that's a great point you make. When you win this many close games down the wire – You have that mental toughness and that preparation. The more more prepared team is going to win nine times out of ten, and for the Packers' sake, in six or seven occasions so far, they've been that squad.
0: Yeah, all right. Well, with that, we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. Subscribe to us, like us on iTunes, and other podcast services on Twitter. He's at Wes Hot. I'm at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next time.